0: Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys, ages 5, 3, and 2. And I'm Tara Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids,
1: ages eleven, nine, five, 9, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools, and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together.
0: All right, everybody, I am going to start off with a high five today. Um, Terrilyn and I have done the last two episodes of interviews separate, so it's fun. We're back together today. Um, We have a fun topic that we're going to chat about. But first my high five is that I am going to be having a baby any day. We're finally in the, she can come any, any time mode. And it's my favorite time of pregnancy. Just the anticipation is so fun. Every day I look at the day, Oh, could this be her birthday? I'm so excited. So we're in the realm and that's definitely, definitely the high five of the month. We're excited for all of us
1: <laughs> it is the best i feel like there's like something magical that happens once you cross that 37 week mark because you're like really We're officially full yeah full term quote mm-hmm. and it's just come whenever you want little beba mm-hmm. so i find myself i'm not even a person who like i don't really get baby hungry i mean i, I, I love my babies but mm-hmm. but i have been like seeing babies lately and being like oh, i'm gonna be able to hold one of these soon and uh anyway because i love felicia's babies like my babies and it's I'm it's just thrilled them. about it. There's something about anybody who I love, like, in my sisters, brother-in-laws, any of them, like, any of their babies, it, like, is feeling like it's mm-hmm. Like, I have that, that, my- that love in me that's, like, oh, ugh, I'm just going to snuggle them. So- anyway. <laughs> um, okay, well, I am so excited about that. I, my high five is that this last week was my dad's birthday, and for his birthday, he wanted to climb to the top of a mountain. <laughs> which is awesome like can i just that's like a and goal of it, mine now it's I... so
0: funny it's not like his it is his personality to hike but it's not he's not like a huge like physical feats person i would say he's more like a it's like a mental goal thing mm-hmm. so yeah. it's really cool yeah so cool so
1: my have half ghost my dad who in his 60s is still like rocking it to the top of the mountain I like know. it's nothing I like know. nothing that's crazy and it was just so cool. It reminded me, because anytime you do something physically hard, because, you know, it's hard. You climb a lot. And it's cool to be able to make it literally to the top. How i I got to find out how tall our mountains are. I don't know. They're tall. But to, like, look down at the bottom after a few hours and be like, I literally, my feet took me from the bottom to the top of this. And it kind mm-hmm. of gives you a feeling of, like, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, we as humans can really do anything we put our minds to. And so it's just a good reminder to me that, like, it's good to do something physically hard every once in a while to, like... It kind of proves to yourself, like, wow, I can do I can do hard things. It's yeah, cool. totally. So that's my high five. High five that's to my so dad cool. for being still climbing to the top of the mountain. It's so true. In his 60s. And I hope we can still... But let's keep doing it until he's 100. And also just a reminder. Like, it made me be like, ah, oh, what goals am I setting? Mental, all those goals. Are they making me feel like I can do hard things because yeah. there is an accomplishment am I, there am
0: I pushing when you're myself? like oh mm-hmm. wow
1: yeah that did push me and look what I can do it's yeah. really cool yep. okay guys well today we are talking we're going back to the basics we have been these this first half of 2020 <laughs> we're in June and I feel like the last six months have been just a lot for everybody <laughs> a lot I mean yes. like there's a gif jif yeah. how do I still know how to say that? Of I Kramer doing the, like his little like mannerisms <laughs> where he's like, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it's just a little too much. Oh, um, but it's been, but we've learned a lot about ourselves, right? Like there's a lot of beauty that's come out of this um, roller coaster that 2020 yes. has been. Yeah. And it's allowed us to address a lot of important topics. But today, uh, as Felicia and I were planning for this episode, we were, It feels so good sometimes to go back to what are some things like the mentors that we love and follow when you go back to like, what are things we know for sure work? Let's like, this is such a good time to remind ourselves in a time of change. Let's go back to just some foundations today to help us ground ourselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I find myself kind of feeling this, uh, what's the word? Maybe like an unmoored, unanchored feeling sometimes Mm -hmm. lately. Mm -hmm. And let's go back to what? and these are good things to remember. And there's been a few times in my own parenting and both Felicia and I have examples that we're going to be sharing where this time of uh, change for our kids has been a lot. And I've had to remind myself of these basics several Mm -hmm. times and it's made all the difference Mm -hmm. in solving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In solving things that I was like, Oh my gosh, this is actually becoming like a, we're having an issue here. Mm -hmm. And by going back to these things, reminding myself about them, It just really has helped us find a lot of peace and grounding in our own families.
0: Yes, I agree. I feel like the past, you know, every like couple weeks, I'm like, why does everything feel like a bomb just went off? (laughs) Because a lot of them have. And I feel like when I go back and remind myself things that are for sure get back to the rhythms that we normally do, normal stuff in our home, I just feel, okay, I can control this place, Mm -hmm. you know, so much more control over the day to day. Um, and I, we wanted to start out with, you know, I've talked a little bit about this on social media, but I feel like there's the perception sometimes that if, if you connect with a respectful, whole, wholehearted peaceful parenting approach that perhaps you are just that type of personality That would gravitate towards, you know, maybe like a preschool, I picture like a preschool teacher, Mm -hmm. calm, able to handle tons of kids, Mm -hmm. not ruffled by anything that kids Mm -hmm. do just Mm -hmm. okay with messes. And I think it's important to remember that we, I think we all have our, nobody's a perfect calm mom 24 Mm seven. Well, Maybe there are those people. There are
1: some magical <laughs> preschool people. Like I've met them where magical you're like... a
0: unicorn. You're like, I really
1: have like seen sometimes people work with children and I'm like, wow, this is a gift. Yes. I don't even understand it. But I mean, and, yes. but even they're not perfect. Right. Nobody's perfect. Right. But there are people who like their dispositions do lend them towards having lots of patience yes. with large amounts of young children. Yes. And it's yes. amazing.
0: Yes, totally. Um, but I heard um, on a podcast, a parenting expert talking about her, her, her discovery of respectful parenting. And I thought it'd be cool. I just wanted to share with all of you that before, um, I read anything about or researched anything about these, you know, respectful parenting. I think my first like dip into it was with Janet Lansbury. Um, I, I would say my normal personality is definitely, if I were to just default and not try to learn anything about parenting or or adjust or, or change or research, it would probably be, I'm definitely more type A, um, I wouldn't say yelling just because my voice isn't really loud, <laughs> but like the kind of I would say the more traditional, like I'm the parent. So just do what I say because I'm in charge. Like Mm -hmm. that would probably have been my default. And Mm -hmm. I remember Cohen definitely, I think each of our kids awakens something in us and helps us learn and grow. I think that's what they're for. And I remember Cohen's pretty, he, I've talked about, he's more of an intense personality when it comes to what he wants And I remember there were times when he was little where it was like, you know, like just the clenching the fists, like I'm almost shaking, like I, I would scream at you, you know, like I could see myself Mm -hmm. not being intentional, getting to that place of like, just scream, you know? And I, so I, I want to put this out there for everyone who feels like, oh, that all sounds great, but my personality, I can't parent like that. But I think there's space inside like a wholehearted parenting approach for any mm-hmm. for anyone we yeah. can take from it. Yeah. So, I just um, want to share that.
1: And that's so comforting to hear that you can put in any of these strategies regardless it's not a personality type mm-hmm. thing. Exactly. Cuz I am not a person I mean I I like like children, but I've never been a person who's like, "Oh, I want to babysit other people's kids." Mm-hmm. Ever really, mm-hmm. <laughs> or mm-hmm. or you know, growing up. I mean, I, I wasn't like, oh, I just love being around large amounts of children. Mm-hmm. And even now, I really love my own kids. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but but I'm not like, oh, I just want like more lots more of children around me. Yeah, and but there are some people who that is their personality, and it's beautiful. But yeah, I I have found so much liberate. It feels like liberation. Totally, this parenting style of using respect and love but still having boundaries. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful. So Mm -hmm. I I think it's so comforting to hear like, you can have any personality Mm -hmm. and still like Mm -hmm. find amazing tools in here. Yes. So our four, we're going to go back to our four pillars, which we have found work the best for us in what Felicia and I call wholehearted parenting. Mm -hmm. You can call it gentle parenting. You can call it respectful parenting. Um, That's just our our cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. We we like the word wholehearted because both of us want to just live our lives with all of ourselves. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I want my whole self to be in on anything that Mm -hmm. I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So our four pillars are connection, unconditional love, being present, and setting boundaries Mm -hmm. and healthy limits.
0: Yep. So we're going to start with connection and because I think if we have... If we have those one-on-one true um, relationships with our kids, I think, man, it re- when I am in, I can feel like, oh, I'm connected to Cohen, I'm connected to Lennon, I'm connected. Or when I realize that I haven't been, I think it it, it explains and <laughs> makes me realize so much about situations that they're going through. I feel like almost always when my kids are really pushing boundaries, it's because they're missing a little bit of connection. So I think we all know what connection means, but I wanted to give some we wanted to give some tips that will help it seem less overwhelming because I think sometimes you hear connection and it's like, oh I need to play with them Legos for two hours and take them on an elaborate three hour day and then I need to sit and stare into their eyes while they eat their pancakes. And that sounds very overwhelming as a parent. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this before but I think connection, finding it wherever fits for you. So for me, it is not playing any sort of kid things with my children. I don't like playing because with that's them. Not your personality, right? <laughs> exactly. So literally, if I looked at a day and how long I played with my kids in the day, I would say less than sign five minutes ever. I don't play with my kids. So, but but if you're love language with your kids is to play, dress up, tea party, then that's that can be your connection time. But I think it's finding it where you can. So for me, just to give quick examples, it's in reading time, it's in cooking with them, it's in caregiving activities. But all those are maybe, you know, one to ten minute tiny increments throughout the day. So I think everybody, maybe it's a long walk with just... You know, you have a little kid who wakes up early and you guys get to go on a walk together. But you find it for you. There's no right mm-hmm. space.
1: And each kid has openings in their totally that are different. That you can totally. take advantage of mm-hmm. those situations, which is really cool.
0: Yep. And I think in that, if you look at quality over quantity, that's... It's the best way to look at it for me. Because I think most of our day, sometimes it feels like we can't... I see this disconnect between people thinking they can't just peacefully coexist with their kids in the same environment. So if your kid's playing Legos and you need to do the laundry, I think some people feel this pressure of like, oh, but I should just be playing Legos with them. And I think taking that out of your mind and realizing we all have things throughout our day that we need to do. Again, I I think of, you know, how did my... How did my grandma parent? Like when I'm going throughout my day, sometimes I think, okay, our parents and our parents' parents didn't just sit there and play with us all day, but I think sometimes our society makes us feel like that's what we need to do with our kids. So I like to look at quality time over quantity. So when I am having that moment with you, so we've talked about this a lot, like with babies, maybe it's changing their diaper Mm -hmm. and full, yeah, Mm -hmm. nursing, because We live in a time where it's so easy just to be scrolling Instagram while your baby nurses. Mm -hmm. But if you can look at that as this can be a moment of connection in this caregiving time, I think those add up so much throughout the day and your Mm -hmm. kids feel that. And then when you are doing the laundry and they're playing Legos, you don't have to fill that, that pool towards, Oh no, should I be playing Legos with them? Because you know, throughout the day you've been connecting in little increments Mm -hmm. and that's the way connection works the best for me along with one-on-one dates and, you know, you're scheduling out these things that can be bigger, but I think it's those little moments every day that add mm-hmm. up. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. And I feel like the reason why we put connection first is because that's the one we always go back to when we're having maybe a, an issue or a problem with one of our kids acting up. Mm-hmm. Usually when I go back to connection, I want to say nine. I mean, I, I want to be truthful here, but I want to say 99% of the time, the issue with, with, resolves itself. When I go back and Mm -hmm. really focus on connection with that child, that's usually starting there is such a great place because we all have such a strong need for connection that, and connection is so wonderful. Once you reconnect, it's like this feeling of like coming home, like, Mm -hmm. oh yes, Mm -hmm. we're made to, we're made to be connected Mm -hmm. to each other. Mm -hmm. And the, the idea that we can connect during everyday tasks, I think is really mind blowing and takes a lot of pressure off because Um, Because, yeah, one-on-one special time is also important. But with babies, that was, like, mind-blowing for me. I didn't, like, learn about the concept until my second baby. But that diaper changes and feeding and getting dressed are these, like, beautiful, sacred connections. We're doing them anyway, so
0: switching that mindset. yeah, Yeah, you're
1: already doing them. And as Felicia was talking, I was like, for those of you who have older kids, like, I don't have babies anymore. But for me, how that looks is... Every day I still feed my kids. I'm not Mm -hmm. nursing them and staring Mm -hmm. at them in their eyes while we're nursing, which Mm -hmm. is so sweet. Mm -hmm. But how that looks for me now is no phones at the table and we eat together Mm -hmm. every time Mm we can. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're actually present with each other during those times. Mm -hmm. I still do help my youngest get dressed most days. Mm -hmm. And am I being present with him or am I like shouting orders to the other kids as I'm pulling on his shorts? You know what I mean? Or am I just like I would with a baby? Looking at him and saying, you know, okay, here, yep, there goes that one foot. You know, Mm -hmm. just being actually Mm -hmm. with him Mm -hmm. and making that a connecting time. And also drive. So now with my kids, as I drive them around, we can do fun We can listen to books. Sometimes we listen to music. And sometimes I ask them questions as we drive. And I'm just saying you can take anything you're already doing, if you're feeling like you're lacking connection with your children, look at literally any everyday task you have Mm -hmm. and ask yourself is this a time I would like to turn into connection time? Mm-hmm. And and how that looks is as your kids get older, not just being with them, but actually, like, I think asking them questions to actually listen to their answers. I think everybody just wants to be heard mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. feel connected. Totally. And on the topic of connection, we're talking about connecting with our children here, obviously. But it goes with if you, if you have a significant other, a spouse or somebody like that who's important to you connection there is always a good mm-hmm. place to return to and connection with yourself mm-hmm. if you're not taking what we're calling special time which is that kind of one on one anytime I'm with one of my kids I'm like even if it's 10 minutes <sighs> totally. I'll be like this is Parker time you yeah. know what I mean like mm-hmm. and just name it like mm-hmm. this is kind of a special time what book do you want to read mm-hmm. and like have a be connection with them I think we need to make sure we're taking that time for ourselves and you can, there is some overlap here. You can turn it into, you're already taking a shower. So how can you turn that into self-care right. and connection time? Right. Are you going to meditate with the water? Are you going to be present with your breath?
0: Mm-hmm. Are you going
1: to have a meditation practice? Like for me, having a meditation practice and a morning routine is huge. And to me, that's actually where connection starts. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. Am I connecting with breath myself Then mm-hmm. connecting with my kids and with my husband? So... As we talk about connection, there's really three three under like subpoints mm-hmm. to the pillar of connection. Mm-hmm. Ourselves, our children, and then any other, you know, adult relationship that we feel like we we want more connection in. Mm-hmm. They're key. They're always if you're if you're struggling, those are always great places to start. And I'm talking any kind of struggle. Mm-hmm. In my adult life, I mean, any struggle with like actual like difficult circumstances, mental health stuff like that all, I'm not saying that it's the solution to everything. I'm saying it's my favorite place to start with any problem. Mm -hmm. Where am I on my connection? Am I taking time for Mm self-care connecting with myself? Am I connecting with other people? Mm
0: -hmm. It's just such a great place to start. You really can't go wrong with improving Mm -hmm. with connection, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) It's so true. And I love that. So for a little tip that I, I, I'm not going to, name the book because I it's between two that I can't remember. But um, in a book that we recently read, the author was talking about how a lot of the times with our kids and and so now this has been stuck in my head for months now since I read it, but we often go to them in times when there's a problem. So our day is going about and then we are moving towards our kids when we hear a big battle or a fight Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. they're whacking the wall with something they're not supposed to, which is right. That's what we're going to do all day. But the challenge in the book was, you know, if you're walking past and your kids are playing peacefully, instead of like, go back, go past really quick. So they don't hear you. So you can get your next thing done, which is what you're going to do a lot of the times. But, (laughs) but if some of those times you take a moment to connect and that could even be just observing them, Building the really cool crane with the magnet tiles and just, oh, wow, that's really, you made that really high this time. That can be a moment of connection, just acknowledging the positive experience and not being, because sometimes I'm like, oh, but if I engage they're going to start going into it and they're going to tell me this half hour story about the crane. And so, but just, it also reinforces positive behavior when you're instead of only going to them when everybody's fighting you're going to them in moments where they're playing peacefully and so that's been that's like a concrete tip that has been in my mind where if I walk past wow you really are loving that book they're sitting there quietly instead of trying to just move on to the next thing I feel like that has created some moments of connection for me in small moments
1: Mm -hmm. I have found with that I can't remember which book that was either the concept (sighs) in general though has been in like four or five Mm -hmm. books that we've read yeah so I mean the the idea of positively recognizing mm-hmm. things your kid's doing is in Calmer, Easier, Happier mm-hmm. Boys that we read.
0: Mm-hmm. Which Peace-
1: is, I think, is the one. And peaceful parenting, happy kids. Yeah, also. They both have it. Mm-hmm. The idea that you want more of the things you're saying to your kids to be positively reinforcing <clears throat> than the negative things. Right. But something that I've found, because I always think of Janet Lansbury saying, when kids are wrapped up deep in imagination you don't want to like interrupt that play because the play is so important to them totally so something that i found as a little tip for that is if i do notice my kids playing well together and they're not fighting right i can say a simple thank you guys for getting along so well mm-hmm. thank mm-hmm. you guys for playing so peacefully mm-hmm. and it doesn't actually like engage stop stop the play mm-hmm. and re- have a conversation yeah it's simply a they just feel this little warmth in little their gratitude hearts, and you feel grateful so if you're thinking Oh, I don't want to like actually in- have a full engagement yes. here. Yes. But just put a positive drop in that bucket. Mm-hmm. And it's not over the top praise. Like we've talked about. You're not like, oh my, that castle you built You're is the, the best, best thing I've ever <laughs> because we've spent a lot of time on that, mm-hmm. um, that it actually isn't as helpful as we think, but a simple like, thank you guys for playing so well together. Mm-hmm. And then you can keep going on with your business and they're like, and it actually makes so they play together longer. I swear oh, yes. without fighting. Oh yeah. They're like, oh, she Positive sees this. Yep. She sees that I'm not mm-hmm. poking my brother. This is mm-hmm. awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's a good, like, little tip if you're trying mm-hmm. to, like, incorporate more positives into your day. Yes. Expressing gratitude for you know what they're doing. When they're doing their chore without you asking them. Yes. Say, like, oh, thank you so much for sweeping. Mm-hmm. Or I only asked you once. Thank mm-hmm. you. You know? It's, yep. Anytime you can express gratitude, I really don't think you can go wrong. Totally. In
0: that realm of connection. Yes, yes. All right. Our next pillar is unconditional love. And I think this is a pillar that sounds like, yeah, obviously I unconditionally love my kid, but I think there's a lot of ways that we can show them otherwise if we're not careful. Yes. I think it's a Yes,
1: you have to be aware. Unintentionally because I feel like yes, yeah, a lot of parents exactly. they're like, "Well, duh, of course I unconditionally love my child." Mm-hmm. But they don't realize that through their actions, it's it's an unintentional way of withdrawing love. It's super tricky. Yeah. So, so the deep premise here is, ah, oh, and it's so exciting. I this I feel like changes the world, this concept that there is nothing we want our children to know that there is nothing they can do that will make us not love them. Mhm a lot of people grow up with the belief that when they behave badly, they become unlovable. Mm-hmm. Therefore you see it in adults all the time. I mean, like I, when a when an adult does something wrong, they immediately believe I am not lovable and oftentimes ends up to more bad behavior. It's a mm-hmm. shame cycle. Mm-hmm. The difference between shame and guilt. We've talked about guilt is when I have done something wrong and shame is I, I am, am wrong. wrong. Mm-hmm. There's something in me that's bad. I am bad. And so you might be thinking, well, but we don't want our kids to do wrong things. And yes, that's mm-hmm. true. But shame only worsens the situation yeah. and thinking that you're not lovable never helps the situation. Mm -hmm. And if we're ever expecting our kids to have a good relationship with Mm themselves, they have to know that I can make a mistake and take steps to correct that mistake without ever losing my worth as Mm -hmm. a person. Mm -hmm. Like I can still be lovable and I can still love people also Mm -hmm. when they make mistakes. So the idea here is when your kids are little and a child spills milk and if you react in anger and yelling mm-hmm. or spanking or something that makes them or you stomp out of the room and actually that's like a actual withdrawal of love mm-hmm. these are all these all feel like withdrawing of love for mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. so a strong emotional response to milk being spilled and as i say this nobody's perfect so don't you know like this isn't like there are times when your yep. patient's skin yep. is thin and you lose it over spilled milk and right. it's happened to everybody. But for the most part, the idea here is that we don't withdraw our love by showing anger and punishing out of anger mm-hmm. and, um, or stomping out and having a tantrum ourselves mm-hmm. because we, as the adults are giving our children a safe space to experience life and show them, this is how we cleaned up spilled milk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm because if we react with such strong anger and i'm just using the spilled milk example because it happens a bajillion times <laughs> when your kids are tiny like sometimes i'm like is it imp- it's impossible it's, it's impossible to hold a cup <laughs> wow you know it's just it's like the way yeah. it works yeah then the idea is as they get older and actually start making doing more things we want to be able to be in a position where they can come to us and say i did this and mm-hmm. i want help fixing it Mm -hmm. instead of I'm going to hide it because my whole life, anytime I've ever made a mistake, Mm -hmm. my parent reacts with such anger and I feel such shame Mm -hmm. that I need to hide it. Mm -hmm. So we don't want our children's first instinct when they do something wrong to hide it. Right. Yeah. Because when they're a teenager, there's a lot higher stakes. Totally. That they can do. And practice with the spilled milk. Let's (laughs) practice on that so that they can come and know like Mm -hmm. my parents love is Not even negotiable, it's Mm -hmm. always going to be there for me, Mm -hmm. and within that safe space, I can experience life and fix mistakes that I make. And the other beautiful thing about this, guys, oh, it allows you to, it allows your children to actually focus when they do something wrong, whether it's intentional, like hit somebody, Mm -hmm. or unintentional like spill the milk it allows them to focus on their own actions because they're not spending all their time focusing on your angry
0: reaction yep Yep. and I think if you think back to I can think back to childhood you know and when I start to become aware of I'm not going to I'm going to hide this lie about this not tell my parent because I know there's not going to be any empathy there you know i'm i'm i need to even though my intentions might have been good or whatever i i'm not even going to talk about this with my i'm not, they're not even going to know and i think that's what we're trying to avoid is that hiding feeling for kids the lying feeling mm-hmm. that they're going to be shamed punished in so much trouble and i think that begins with at least for me it starts with empathy if i can get to a place where when my there is a misbehavior if I can see their side. And even though that the boundary, the consequence, the limit might still be the same after that. I think if you come to it with a feeling of empathy, they'll, they will feel that from you. Mm -hmm. Like you can see at least their side of it. You understand. And it's not you always, you are X, Y, Z. It's, the action wasn't correct, but you are still good and you can learn Mm -hmm. from this or whatever.
1: And they don't have to live in fear. We've all seen the look on a child's face when they feel like their parents about to explode. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm sad to admit this, but I think all of us parent, well, I can't speak for everybody, but me, I mean, I've tried Mm -hmm. for many, many years now to live this way. And there are still times where I know my patients thin and I have caught that look on my kid's face totally where I have been impatient enough that you can tell they're like, Oh, is yeah. she, is she going to be patient here? And I, luckily in talking to my kids, I think hopefully for the vast majority of their life, they don't feel that way. Yeah. But we don't want our kids to grow up always feeling like, Oh, mm-hmm. is my parent going to be impatient? Mm-hmm. Do I have mm-hmm. to like be t- like live in? I don't want my, like, we don't want our kids to have to live in fear. Yes. And I, I like to look at it. It's kind of like this nice visual for me when We've all, and even as adults, this happens, right? Somebody does something wrong and the way the other person responds out of anger, then you're feeling mad about their anger. And it's kind of this, just like, then you just go back and forth with this. Well, now I'm, I'm unhappy with your response. And then this person's unhappy with this response. And it's just this like layering on, Mm -hmm. but with kids, I like to, well, and with adults, I picture it this way with both, but I want to be a clear mirror Mm -hmm. so that as we Bring attention to just their actions. And Janet Lansbury, who's one of our favorite parenting experts, always uses the word unruffled. Mm -hmm. Like, if my kid does this and I stay unruffled, but allow them to see their actions, take steps to correct, reconcile what they've Mm -hmm. done wrong. Mm -hmm. But they're not feeling this huge amount of rage from me and I'm unruffled through it. They can stay. They don't have to, like, escape into shame. They can just stay with their own experience and see. Say if they hurt somebody else, they can actually see it. We allow them to see the hurt in the other person's eyes because they're not so worried about us freaking out. Totally. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's what we want as they become adults to be able to be like, I have done something to hurt somebody else. I want to be able to see their action and, and actually see my own, sorry, we want them to be able to see the other person's feelings and actually be able to take responsibility for their own action. Because it's so easy to place blame on when somebody's mad at you because mm-hmm. you did something wrong, you just place all the blame on them, right? You see it totally. with teena- teenagers all the time. Totally. The teenager does something, breaks a rule or whatever, and the parent freaks out so much that then the te- the teenagers just focused on the parent's reaction. They're not even they focused care about that the they person. did something wrong. You know what I mean? Totally. But if you can remain unruffled and un- like, bring your love there, still keep your heart like, I am here. My love is still intact. Mm-hmm. How can you fix this? It It's like a mirror. It like forces the person to look back at themselves. Like, okay, well, you're not taking this by reacting with anger. So wait, I actually have to keep it. Like, I have totally. to look at my own actions and like, mm-hmm. move forward from there. So unconditional love isn't just like this fluffy term. Yes. It's like yeah, this it's, really powerful it's life. It's concrete, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's this world-changing thing. It's so cool. If we could really all do this, even for ourselves and for our spouses totally. and every person... But it starts, we have the amazing place as parents to teach our kids this from the beginning. It's so cool.
0: Yeah, and I think it really, this tip concretely works really well with siblings because it's so easy to get into a place of like, well, I saw you hit her and then you did this and you put yourself inside Mm -hmm. the sibling fights and I think if we can be that Marin, just we hear them. So you're just reflecting back. You're, you're mad because Lennon crushed your tower. Lennon, you hit Cohen because he crushed your tower. And you're just putting it back to them. It's amazing what I see my kids come out with after a situation like that. They're like, yeah, and he made me feel like this. So then, I hit him and oh. it's like all, you know, There still, then might need to be a limit of, we're going to separate for 10 minutes or whatever it is. But I, if you remove yourself from being the judge of, you know, well, now you always hit him and you, uh, I would be yeah. so annoyed. You always knocked down the tower. You're you started bully, it.
1: Yeah. Whatever words you Yes. Make. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're not saying that. <laughs> But a lot of people do. Totally. Like you jump from, you did this, therefore you are a bad kid. Yes. What they're internalizing. Exactly.
0: Yep. You are, you are destructive and you always start fights and whatever. Remove yourself. Be the mirror of, I still love both of you. I'm going to hear both of your sides and then without reacting, we'll come up. There's still solutions that you come up with, but I think they can fill that rather than the uh, both of you are always fighting and you're just mean to each other and go to your rooms is like a totally different reaction. So, and then they just stomp off <laughs> and are mad at you. Right.
1: And not, not, even, each thinking, other. Right. not, even, not even thinking seeing. what they had done. Right. Totally. Yeah. I have, I've asked my, I actually asked my kids this question probably maybe once every month or two as we're like talking as a family. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an important question to ask your kids. I love, I say, is there anything you can ever do that will make me stop loving you? And I love it. You can tell, they like, think about it, especially my little ones who aren't like, I haven't heard it as many times, but the answer is no. Cause they'll mm-hmm. be like, well, what if I do this? Like, cause there's a, there's really bad things out there. And we learn, I mean, we talk a lot of the family as a family about like atrocities throughout his, like I'm into history. And I like saying that like this thing that this group did was wrong. We don't right. treat people like that so it's fascinating when I talk with my kids that it's like, it is possible for me to always love you and still disagree with actions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's anyway, it's a super powerful thing to see their little faces be like, wait, like you'll always love me Mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So that's our second pillar, which is a huge pillar. Yes. We're going to take a little break and we'll be back with our last two pillars. (laughs)
0: All right, guys, we are back with our last two big pillars here, and the first one is being present, and we've talked about this a lot, and I feel like it can be a little bit of a, what's the right word, maybe an overused phrase right now. Everybody's talking about presence, but I think it's so um, applicable to parenting because it's easy to get caught up in... All the things I notice this when I'm home, when I take my kids somewhere to play like a park or something, I can tell I'm way more present because I'm not distracted by my house. That's, that's one of the things that really distracts me is if I'm home and I'm trying to really be present with my kids, I can feel like my wandering. eye, like, Ooh, dishes, Ooh, this project or whatever. And obviously, which
1: there's nothing wrong with like you were saying totally. earlier. Chores, we gotta do chores exactly. But it's hard when you are trying to connect,
0: and you still feel yourself (laughs) like
1: being Being drawn away. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: yes, or definitely, obviously, phones and all the distractions that we have, and I think that's mega amplified right now with everything going on in the world. It feels like, oh, there is so many things I need to know, learn, research, and it's just so easy in our our world to be pulled away. So I think it's just, as cliche as it might be, being present is one of the pillars that I think is huge. And I think the first, something that I remind myself often is if I can choose to be present and choose to connect in the diaper change or you know, enjoy the warm water while I wash the dishes because I'm going to wash the dishes anyways. Or (laughs) look, just look at my life from a place of falling in love with what it is instead of being distracted by comparison or I'm so bored or, oh my gosh, if I have to use a knife to take apart these two Legos one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) If I can come back to the things that I love about my life or be present with them um I find myself being an all-around better parent wife person so I think presence just reconnects us with the small moments that some oftentimes we're just numbing ourselves through Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so Mm -hmm. it's so true you're right presence is the connection
1: It's the key to our other pillars. Exactly. You can't be connecting or expressing unconditional love or setting healthy boundaries if you're so distracted by, for me, my main distraction is phone. Like I have Mm -hmm. to set very specific boundaries around my phone Mm -hmm. or I'm not, I'm not being
0: present at all. And I think this can also look like things that are on the face. They look important, but for me, it's siloing time, and we've talked about this on past episodes. We have a few episodes on technology and how we interact with it. In fact, the one geared towards you as adults if you're
1: feeling, if you're hearing this and you're thinking, Yeah, I'm kind of distracted mm-hmm. with technology, it's called Curb.
0: We'll put a link to it, but it's Curbing Your Own Screen Attachment. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a huge awakening for me because before you have kids, it's I mean, we all know multitasking isn't great, but it's like, oh, I can go, go to Instagram, then send an email, then run to the store while listening to a book and, and have your phone be a thing that is actually distracting you, but it's not as blatant because you don't have these sweet little eyes looking at you and your phones in But We've all had that feeling where it is like, I think it's like soul crushing as a parent, Where you're like, (laughs) they're trying to tell you something and you're like, do maybe writing a real important text that needs to be sent. It's not like anything you're doing, it's not inherently wrong, but it's just that feeling of how can I find, how can I remove that so they see me and not my phone. And I think Mm -hmm. that comes up way more as parents than probably in any other life situation. Mm -hmm. Because they don't have phones, they don't, (laughs) they're not distracted, they're totally, kids are so present, and so for me, that looks like, you know, separating time where, okay, this is, you know, the time where I'm trying to correspond for the whole day, then, you know, like, for me, it's like, get everything hammered out when my kids are still asleep, what we're doing the next day, and obviously, you're gonna have little check-ins that you need to do, to keep your life moving. But it's just being aware that. If I'm constantly. If I have my phone on loud. And I'm responding to every single text and phone call. I'm going to be distracted it's the constant. entire day. It's constant. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. what is. Then, then you're sending that message. That this text message. Which might be something I need to respond to. But it doesn't need to be now. Is more important than. Mm-hmm. Just being here with you. Yeah.
1: I'll link in our show notes to this one. If you're wanting motivation for this. There's an article that literally like it haunts me. Oh. It and it's about children's mental health connected to how much their parents are looking at screens while they're with them. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's it's frightening, but it's so motivating. Like I read it and I was like, this is the motivation I needed to set boundaries around my screen. So like Felicia was saying, and this is just this is a good tool. I mean, I've read awesome business books where business people do this at work. So totally. it isn't just when you're with kids, but you gotta set your phone is a little bottomless pit of need with people wanting to get mm-hmm. a hold of you all the time. Mm-hmm. So for me, yeah, I do do not disturb. So only like if people call twice and it's urgent mm-hmm. it can come through, which might not work for your life situation. But yeah, I actually in like in the morning and then right after lunch and then at the end of the afternoon, mm-hmm. check my phone. And other than that, no, almost everything, pretty much everything can wait. Mm-hmm. And if there is some, you know, like Felicia knows if she needs to actually like, or act, I actually, like, sorry, I'm taking this back. I do do not disturb at the beginning of the day, especially when we're doing school. But then for the afternoon, people can call me, but, like, Mm -hmm. my texts, I don't turn up. Because texts are just coming in all the time. Always. But if somebody needs to call me and say, hey, like, I'm coming over right now. Right. They can actually call me just like you Mm -hmm. would on a landline. Mm -hmm. Remember those. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what I'm saying is you find whatever works for you. Yeah. But you have to set a little... You have to set boundaries around your phone or else you will always be distracted. And... I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this as an adult, but it doesn't happen to me often. There's only been a few times that Jeff and I have, like, gone out on a double date with somebody where one of them just has their phone up oh, the whole yeah. time. And I'm an adult, and I feel this, like, almost embarrassment feeling, like...
0: Oh. <laughs> and what I'm saying, is it not important enough? You yeah, know what I mean? Is this totally. conversation
1: not enough for you? Mm-hmm. And I'm an adult, so I can't imagine how kids would feel if mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. it's like... What's so important on this phone that, like, you're not even willing to see me? And I think it's, I don't think any parents do it with m- bad intentions. Totally. This is no. just one of those great places mm-hmm. to, like, really choose to be intentional. Yep. How can you be present with anybody in your life who you love and not allow this awesome piece of technology that we have, our little computer in our pocket? Mm-hmm. That's so incredible. Mm-hmm. How can we make sure it's adding to our life and not taking away from our life? Exactly. Lives? And there's a bajillion other ways we can distract ourselves. That just happens to be my, my biggest yes. one.
0: I think it's all of our overwhelming drug of choice. I think yes. it just inserts itself. And again, we'll link that episode. A couple tips that really help me when I have small kids are um, I have the sound off for text messages, because I think, I mean, it's like Pavlov's dog. You hear the dee deen, there you go. Respond to the text, check Instagram, check your email, put something in your reminders. <laughs> so I think it's just, it's a mindset. So we'll, we'll add that episode, but definitely an important pillar because if you're not present, you can't be connecting. And I think it's just, it's so big, so
1: big. And if you're having trouble also, um, a lot of for me, another my probably like second distraction is either worrying or like planning for the future. Right when right. I'm trying to be present, mm-hmm. and so if you find yourself doing that, I mean, oh, especially like at the beginning of cr- the coronavirus thing, I was like trying to solve Ooh, the world's yep, problems. Yep, inside my brain. Which spoiler alert didn't help the world at all. Right, actually, <laughs> like I was like oh <laughs> trying to like solve it anyway. It didn't even make sense. But if you're having that. <laughs> If you're having just, like, your mind, like, you're having a hard time just coming back to the present moment, um, a great tip, just, it's so simple, just come back to your breath. Mm -hmm. Focus on your breath. And you can do this at any time in almost any situation. Mm -hmm. You can do this in the middle of a child's tantrum. Mm -hmm. Come back to your own breath as you breathe in. Think I'm breathing in out in out you can just say those simple words in out in your Mm -hmm. mind you Mm -hmm. can count to 10 while you breathe Mm -hmm. i mean like so easy it sounds so simple but it's very difficult not to be present when you check in with your own body and your own breath and that's a tool we have at our disposal
0: literally all the time because we have to breathe every Mm -hmm. all the time yes yes and on that note of of feeling because i think as a parent there are so many moments when it's like no i need to do or remember to do XYZ or I'm thinking about this and I'm trying to be present with you know changing the diaper but our adult minds are way more complicated so it's easy to just go down this rabbit hole of then turn into this anxious feeling And I need to do this so two things that help me definitely planning and journaling in the morning so I just get that all out yes Mm -hmm. it's I know what I have to do I know and then I actually keep my same journal that has like a note section just for jotting down things that because we're all thinking about things throughout the day and sometimes I feel like oh but I want to get that thought out or do this or remember to do that and I just old-fashioned writing it down because when really you helps write me. it down
1: your brain doesn't feel like it has to hold it right in the forefront the whole right. time and distract right. you for the rest of the day yep that's brilliant Felicia I'm so that glad really you mentioned helps that. me That when you set aside time to actually plan for the future, it allows your brain not to have to constantly be thinking about the future all Mm -hmm, the time. mm -hmm. And you can be present. Yeah. You can actually be present by setting aside time to plan for the future. (laughs) Exactly. It's really, it's so true though. It's true. Otherwise your brain thinks I'm being helpful. I need to do this now. Because you haven't planned Mm -hmm. the day yet. Mm -hmm. Or when you write it down, I love that too. Because you're like, I'm not going to forget this because I just wrote it down. So I don't have to keep thinking about it. Mm -hmm. That is brilliant. Another little just tip, like hack, if you're trying to pull yourself back to the present moment that I do with my kids and they know it enough now that they do it with me, unless they're really angry and then they (laughs) won't do it with me. But if I'm just feeling distracted or like, "Ah, I'm just feeling a little off, I call it the four breath hug and we just, you give a hug and you just take four breaths in and out together, like in sync. And with little kids, it's actually so, it's so sweet. But you're both focusing on your breath and you're giving each other a hug and it's that. almost that impossible so to leave a four breath hug and not feel connected and present and full of unconditional love, oh, I love so that. it's like a nice way to tap into all three of our pillars mm-hmm. and i don't know why four frankly i don't know it just feels good to me and <laughs> yeah. four might be my favorite age so i don't know you can <laughs> rounds just it out however nice many square. breaths you want but i love it and and my kids i just say i need a four breath hug and you can give it and once your kids know what it is it's
0: it's kind I love of a special that. thing. I'm going to anyway. do that. That's really sweet. Okay, so that kind of goes into something I was thinking with our last pillar. So our last pillar is boundaries and this is the pillar that I think often gets disconnected from gentle, respectful parenting. But for for us and I think for our kids, boundaries are such a huge part of what's going to create a, res- a mutual respect relationship. And something that I was thinking about when you were saying the four breath hug is that some, a lot of the time setting healthy boundaries and making sure you are keeping these other pillars of connection, presence, and unconditional love for me is... The first step not to have reactive boundaries. And I think that would be such a cool way if there is like this big intense situation going on for breath hug or whatever your like calming thing is. And then we'll respond instead of react. Because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. responding, at least for me, when I react instantly to a situation that's happening if my reaction is never what I would have chosen had I taken the time to respond instead. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's never, I look back and those are the moments when I'm like, oh, if I could take that back. Mm-hmm. Like that was not how I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to boundaries, um, I think the, f- if you can concentrate on that. So if you want to change anything with how you quote discipline, I don't know what other word to use. I feel like discipline can sound so strong. But if you're using it in the way that the French use it and
1: other books we've read it's to teach it's teaching education, yeah. disciplining yeah. is educating and, that and that's does, our job. And that, do, that is our job as parents mm-hmm. and it's okay that actions have consequences and they don't
0: have to be out of anger. Right. But it's okay. Like, they it can be responses mm-hmm. to yeah. teach instead of it. it sound discipline sounds so strong, but really if you look into the root of it and I've, I've said to, I've taught especially to my oldest, I've said that so many times I understand why you did XYZ or why you would want to do X or why this happened. Here's the boundary. My job is to teach you the right response to it. That is my job. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like you know those little hacks where you can remove it from I'm not punishing you. This is the response that comes from this action. Mm-hmm. I get I still understand I love you still that you did that. Obviously, all the things. But this is now my job is to teach you. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can look at discipline as teaching instead of, oh, that made me so mad. So I'm going to, it's almost like a getting back at the kid in a way. Mm -hmm. If you can look at it as a teaching moment, I think that has changed my perspective on boundaries slash discipline so much.
1: Totally. And I think this boundary little pillar of ours. I think we're, we're naming it last because all these other places are such a good place to start, but boundaries are really the key. I think when you, like I've heard a lot of people talk about the term gentle parenting and they seem to think it means, and I think some people do think it means like there's a school of thought out there. That's just like, you just love them and it's all going to turn out great, but there doesn't have to be any boundaries. And I don't know how to say this nicely. And this is just my opinion and other people's opinion who I also really admire. Mm -hmm. But like, you kind of create little monsters totally. who don't know how to behave in a respectful way mm-hmm.
0: if you don't have actual boundaries. Mm-hmm. That was really strong. I know no, how I said no. that was kind of strong. But I don't think that's strong. That is your opinion. That is also my what I've seen where again, how can they how can they know respect if you don't you're not respecting yourself by holding your boundaries because then guess what? It's just going to turn into this. Festering, festering emotion and then volcano eruption and you're not responding respectfully to them because you didn't hold it. Yeah.
1: And and Janet Lansbury says this. And also we just our most recent book we read that discussed this is Raising Lions, where when a kid goes out of control, us as parents, we're the big person. We're there to actually keep them safe, Mm -hmm. not just physically safe, but also safe from like losing it, losing it. Mm -hmm. And when they reach out and act out cross, when we say a boundary, let's say it's, I mean, hitting their brother Mm -hmm. or, you know, you see the, the toddler, like hold the glass jar out and look (laughs) at you before they drop it. Like they know, they know that what they're doing isn't right. Mm -hmm. And if you do like nothing, children actually in raising lions, he actually says they experience it. As abandonment. Mm -hmm. They feel unanchored. They feel like they have too much power. Mm -hmm. And we don't... We as the big person in the situation have more power. And so we can help them by using our power to set healthy boundaries. And in Bringing Up Bebe, she talks about... It's like a frame. You're like setting... Mm the space where they can be free inside and not mm-hmm. be feeling shame and not be feeling fear, but you set the frame around and I'm like, you can't see guys, but I'm like chasing <laughs> my finger here. Picture a frame or a play pen. Mm-hmm. And those boundaries are what keep them safe in there and make them not feel like what am I? Nobody else has power here. I'm the only one with power. Yeah. You do not want your children to grow up thinking I'm the only one whose mm-hmm. needs matter. And mm-hmm. I'm the only one with power in any situation because mm-hmm. they're going to have a lot of issues because that doesn't work in society. Totally. You have to be able to acknowledge other people have needs. Other people have power. And as we with love and respect set a boundary and hold it, I will not let you hit your brother. Mm -hmm. And if I missed it and somehow you did, then we are going to go to this other side of the room. Mm -hmm. And I'm not expressing anger or shaming here, but there is a consequence for it. And I'm going to allow you to sit with that consequence. And, the other beautiful thing about this that I think is so good to remember, we have to, as we set boundaries, so when you do this, this is the consequence, mm-hmm. we don't become ruffled, we don't become angry, but we also have to allow our children's emotions to that boundary. Mm-hmm. And for most kids, especially when it's a new boundary, I found with almost every boundary I've ever set, the first few times I enforced that boundary they cry a lot of emotion and yeah. they might be angry mm-hmm. and it's okay. Like it, you can say what you're saying to your child is I still love you. Mm-hmm. You can be upset that you only get that. You don't get screen time now and mm-hmm. you want screen time. Cause the boundary I've set around screen time is this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I get that you're upset. Mm-hmm. You can cry about it. Yep. Like I'm okay with you expressing that emotion. I don't think you can't like set a boundary and then expect them to be like, Oh, yes, thank you, mother. mother. <laughs> That's such a nice
0: boundary for me. But as you <laughs>
1: yep. as you continually enforce that boundary, I have had with every boundary I've ever set, it just gets better.
0: Totally, because then
1: your kids know. Oh. This boundary isn't going to move because I cry. Yep. Right? My mom's not going to freak out at me, but she's also not going to be like, okay, fine. Do whatever you want. Yep. Because I don't want you to cry. Just kidding. Stop crying. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay with your response. I'm okay if you get angry about it, Mm -hmm. but I'm still just going to hold that boundary peacefully. And next Mm -hmm. time you come up against that boundary, you're going to know, oh, that's actually a firm fence there. Yep. So I'm just not going to do that. Yes. Either not going to do it, or I'm just going to know that when I do it, then yes I don't get my screen time or whatever whatever your right. thing is right. I'm using screen time guys because I I'm going through something right now with my son we have a screen time limit on so for us our, our school anyway it's a long story it has this game that's like an educational game that they got introduced to at school and my limit is every Wednesday for the summer they get 30 minutes of this game. Mm-hmm. That might sound like a lot to you or not enough to you, <laughs> whatever. But for me, that's the boundary I feel good about. I think summer should be about playing and imagination mm-hmm. and watching a movie as a family and snuggling, but mm-hmm. not about like playing games all summer. So that's my boundary. Mm-hmm. And my my six year old right now is having a hard time with that boundary. Mm-hmm. And so it's been great. Cause I've gone back to, I started with connection and worked my way forward, mm-hmm. starting with connection, making sure he doesn't feel bad about that. He wants more. And also as I've been setting this boundary, we're only a couple weeks into summer. He's not happy on Wednesdays at right. the end of the half an hour. Right. And I just say, it's okay to feel mm-hmm. that way. That mm-hmm. is the boundary. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'll report back in a couple of weeks, but I'm assuming yeah. in a couple of weeks, it'll be like, yes, that boundary is a firm boundary whining about it doesn't help right and so it's actually been fun to like review these like it's working felicia and i are like using these tools all the time daily (laughs) to stick with our boundaries and you have just with every kid you'll have something kind of flare up and you're like oh man this is like becoming a problem let me be intentional about this and look at it and it's so great Mm -hmm. you you go through the thing am i connecting with them lots of times there is a connection lapse there with that kid this this child of mine happens to be the one who doesn't demand Mm -hmm. the most, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So focusing in on that connection, making sure there's no shame involved at all with how we're dealing with it, setting a firm boundary, sticking with it and being present in all the moments that I can. Yep. It's like, it's, I don't want to say magical. It's quite magical, but it's it's an (laughs) awesome
0: recipe. It really is. It is the right mix really. And I think if, so that's a great place to wrap up, just laying those all out. But something I did want to say quickly is that if you do have infants, and if you are starting this process from an infant, I love it because they have less opinions (laughs) and their opinions are easier to hear because oftentimes it's, but I think of it really as you are going to put the baby gate up and you're not going to have bleach bottles underneath the seat you know we do all these things to keep our babies safe and as our kids grow it's that same concept of they need these guardrails and we are adults and we do have more power and we know we know what is more safe for them what is okay it's not safe to let them go to the playground just punch everybody in the face
1: or to have un.
0: Unlimited screen time. Unlimited
1: screen time, access to the internet. Like we know as adults,
0: this isn't safe for me and it's my job Mm -hmm. to set a healthy boundary for you. Mm -hmm. And when it's an infant, it's easy somehow in our minds because, you know, that seems like, oh, obviously like them falling down the stairs isn't good. But if you can carry that concept into your kids and your teenagers, it's almost a relieving feeling as a parent to know, okay, these are my boundaries and you can... You can thrash inside this cage and it's okay because I am going to hold that space for you. And that's my job is to teach you and to, to keep you safe and you can, I love you no matter how much you freak out inside your little guardrails. Yeah. I put up and so. it
1: really does apply to every age. My 11 year old right now, most of her friends have phones and she doesn't. Mm-hmm. And every time we have a conversation about it, it kind of comes down to that. Whereas like I'm making the best decision I can as a parent. Mm hmm. And, you know, none of us know how to do things perfectly, so here it is. And you can, f- I give you the freedom to feel about that mm-hmm. however you want to mm-hmm. feel. Yep. Right. And fortunately, at this point, we still had very respectful conversations, and it's been lovely. But there will probably come a point where she might feel a lot stronger about it, and mm-hmm. I'm okay to allow that and still stick with. This is this is we're our. We're being very deliberate about what we feel here, mm-hmm. and your watch that can only call me and. Dad <laughs> and your grandparents is what you're going to keep for a while (laughs) i feel like you can be safe still and like Mm call us if you need help but like from you know what i mean it's still like you can it's it kind of relieves you of this like you don't have to be happy about this totally you don't have to be right do i want you to not our yeah that's not our job but that's not my job Mm -hmm. my job here is to do the best i can with the knowledge that i have Mm -hmm. to keep you safe which honestly Is going to give you more happiness over the long run. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually your happiness that I have in mind here, Mm -hmm. you know, totally. Yep. But that you're allowed to feel whatever you feel. It's really a liberating kind of liberates us in all of our relationships. when we can look at it from that kind of view, it really does.
0: So try this or not. If you're having some times, I think especially it's a crazy world and we're all feeling emotions, but if you're noticing some, for me, when I go back to this super in depth is when I'm having reoccurring things with my kids or big friction points in our day where it's like this is not working so check back in do you have that connection that unconditional love are they feeling like even though they're having a tantrum every day about the blue cup are you showing them that that's okay Um, being present with that and then what boundaries do you need to clean up a little bit because oftentimes I find myself I look there and I'm like I haven't, I've just been letting them run that show, you know, (laughs) or I haven't been consistent. I haven't decided what my boundary is.
1: Like with this, like it was just a matter of deciding what my, my boundary even was that has helping instead of being like, "Uh, wait, Mm -hmm. I haven't even clarified that to myself. Totally.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right, guys, let's find the magic. (laughs)
1: Brown cows.